Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, is Michelle Yu, who I'm just going to say this, and I think you know this, but I want the public to hear this. I thought your Breeders' Cup was absolutely sensational. The oh, work, thanks, Billy. The work that you did. It wasn't just me. If you if you follow on social media at all, I think you got more compliments, and I hope you feel really good about yourself. You were there every morning. You were early. People wanted to talk to you. You got great information. Your questions were good. Your grammar was terrific. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you're reading books or if you're taking little, like, extra courses or something, but – um, Michelle, honestly, you were phenomenal. And obviously, look, I, I love you and I think you're the best anyway. But when you see someone really excel at their craft, uh, it, it, it makes you, it makes you as an individual feel good. And I felt good because I knew you were just crushing it. Thank you. I did have a very good Breeders' Cup. It was like a perfect storm of being in my backyard and knowing people and horses and protocols and, yeah. Everything just kind of fell into place. It was really great. Thank you. Well, and now the announcement came out today. Not only will Delmar host the Breeders' Cup in 2020. Oh, wait. That's one of the – hold on. That's a three oh. things of note. Is that a three things of note? I didn't know. Yes. I, you could tell we really prepped for this show. <laughs> well, make this the first one then. Go. Okay. First thing of note is that they announced that Breeders' Cup 2025 will be held at Delmar, giving them back-to-back Breeders' Cups. Back-to-back, Jack. I mean, listen – I've been to almost every Breeders' Cup. I have to go through it, but I've been to a lot of them. I, the Delmar Breeder Cups are so enjoyable. <laughs> They're so much fun. I mean, listen, Santa Anita did an amazing job this week, I thought. Um, I felt there was very little hype at the beginning of the week, which kind of made me nervous. But once it got rolling and people started coming in and all the big horses started coming in, and then the races were just fucking awesome. I mean, just awesome. A lot of people say, ah, oh, it was chalky. Who cares? Yeah, but that's, that's, that's your favorite. That's the most logical horse winning. If they were a bunch of 101 shots, you'd be like, ah, it's rigged. Right, right, right. There's always – it's just just incredible. Um, all right, Breeders' Cup at Del Mar for two straight years. What's point number two, Michelle? Point number two was actually supposed to be point number one. It was just that Breeders' Cup obviously happened. And I wanted to know – I thought instead of just doing a complete roundup, we would just each say our favorite race of the weekend. All right, let me just say a couple things. First of all, Jay Privman absolutely dominated the um, owner's box draft, and he made uh, mm-hmm. a little charity money for the Gregson Foundation. So congratulations to Jay. Um, I gave you, when we discussed it, I told you the Euros would dominate, would dominate and I gave you White Abario. And uh, I just feel I feel great about it. I, I it was to me um, the the mile with Mage almost getting there and Masters of the Sea, and then to see um, the Frankie Maj, Maj. Oh, Maj, Maj, not Mage. What am I? I told, Michelle, I'm not feeling well. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm not feeling great today. It's all right. Um, and I thought um, um, the Philly, the Frankie Dettori Philly, and the Philly Mare Turf um, in Spiral. Like, in spiral, I mean, I thought she was incredible. Though the turn of foot of her and Masters of the, of the Sea, I thought were just wild. And then of course Augusta Road and just, oh, 
I mean, that ride, that was one of the top three rides in racing history. It was just, it was amazing. And I'm, I'm going to take credit for Gold Phoenix finishing fourth GFP. Unbelievable. If you've seen the Twitter of me screaming. Oh, wait, can I, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. I just want to say real quick. The runner up in that race is up to the mark, who myself and Mike Rapoli both thought should run the mile and a half. And I think everyone else thought should run the mile. Well, you did great. And I think that this is a great, great call. Great. Yeah. It's so funny because I am uh, one of our social media guys happened to turn the camera on me during the stretch run of that race. And I'm screaming, you know, just get fourth. And so I'm at like the barn the next day and it's up and Phil D'Amato is just laughing at me. He goes, I cannot believe you're rooting that hard for fourth. I go, really? It was $200,000. $200,000. So I'm rooting for fourth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I told, it's so nice, Michelle. And you know, this, we talked about, I, I talked to J.J. Hernandez at least three times. I said, J.J., I'm going to be honest with you. We probably don't have a chance to win this race. I told him. Mm -hmm. I said, these horses are some of the best in the world. In fact, five of the top 20 rated horses in the world were in the Breeders' Cup turf. And I said to him, I said, J.J., you drew inside. You get to the rail, and you do not move off the rail. I don't care Mm -hmm. if you think you're loaded and you need get room. If you get stopped, it's on me. Just stay on the rail because that is our only chance to for a placing. Right. And then it happened, Michelle. And I don't, I can't tell you like you know the the pride you feel about your horse. And we're gonna talk. We have a great guest coming on. It's Steve Lehman from First Row Partners. He's gonna tell us all about Goodnight Olive, who also was spectacular, spectacular in winning her second straight Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. And also sold last night for $6 million. We'll get to that in a minute. But there's a sense of pride when uh, about being right. And I know that's like a super simple concept, but like I felt so right. You know, we were 50 to 1. No one gave us a chance in hell. And all we did was tell JJ to stay on the rail. And it just worked. Yeah. And, I mean, down the lane, King of Steel could have passed us, and he didn't. It was amazing. Right. I was so proud of GFP. He's he earned over eight hundred. What are you doing with him? He's getting a he's going to get a thirty day break. Okay, and then come back to race. Break, and he's going to come back to race. Yeah, he's gelding. Well, I mean, you know, he might maybe might just retire him to be a riding horse. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's very sound. He loves his job. He's so quirky, but yet sweet, and and he's just. We're going to try the same schedule as we did last year, you know, and make sure we win well, the Delmar. He's a fan favorite. People love him, and they're going to get a big dose of hopefully knock on wood of Gold Phoenix in 2024. So that's Great. that was my Breeders' Cup. And Beer Can Man got just absolutely – he's the most unlucky horse there is. <laughs> he is in the perfect spot, and the Japanese horse came right in front of him. If, you're, if you go back and watch the replay of the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, watch what happens. Just focus on Beer Can Man. He almost clipped heels. J.J. had to take a hold. If you look at the chart, he went from fourth to seventh, and that cost him all chance. And a five-for-long sprint like mm-hmm. that turf sprint – can't can't have mistakes like that. But it wasn't our fault. Yeah. It was it was it was somebody else's. So anyway, now I'm okay. now I'm hyped up. My my favorite race was Cody's Wish. I don't think I've ever cheered so hard for a horse I have no interest in. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and, and I'm sure uh, the 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 terrible tragedy that occurred after. So why don't you bring that, that up? Is now our, that cry. is yes. Um. Unfortunately, on his way home from Breeders' Cup, where Cody's Wish was crowned champion, uh, Cody Dorman, who's his namesake, had a medical incident 
they revived him on the plane. They landed in Atlanta and they took him to the hospital and he did pass away. Yeah, uh, just an amazing story of a of a kid and and a horse and and I think he just captured the nation the last two years and just you know you and I talk about a lot about perspective, Michelle, and uh, when you see things like that, it really hits home just how special these horses can be, how special these relationships can be with these horses, and how time is fleeting and you better take advantage of your moments um, while you have them. Um, my third thing of note is that it was the, it was the, uh, the sales this week and there were several big money purchases, including Goodnight Olive. We're going to speak to her partner, Steve Lehman. Um, but I thought some of the biggest news was, was Mike Rapoli purchasing Nest. Um, he was a partner on Nest with Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners and they had wanted a bigger number and Mike bought her for 6 million and is bringing her back to the track. Very cool. Very cool. I had a nice talk with Rapoli. Maybe we'll get him back on the show because he has this new organization that he's trying to create. Um, yeah, I definitely want to have him back on. Yeah, we definitely, we, we should do that. Anyway, the Breeders' Cup was amazing. Michelle, I'm going to, before we take a break, uh, who is your horse of the year? Ooh, that is a fantastic question. Who is my horse of the year? I see a couple that I think are going to be out there. Uh, White Abario. I don't. White Abario's body of work isn't long. Isn't big enough. I would put up Idiomatic. Yes, Idiomatic. Cody's Wish. Elite Power. I mean, if we're counting his 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 foreign form, yeah. Well, don't we? I mean, I don't. I don't know. I have to look at the rules again every time I vote. I have to look at the rules. I, I mean, what, look. Let's do some homework this week, and then we'll we'll hit that question again next week. Come How on. About? Cody's Wish should win it. Let's be honest. That'd be really great. be really great. Really yeah. great. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we will get with Steve Lehman from First Row Partners to hear all about Good Night Olive. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Toba. Toba's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. And Billy, did you know the projects managed by Toba include the American Great Estates Committee, the Claiming Crown, the Ownership Seminars, the Breeding Confirmation Pedigree Clinics, as well as the Sales Integrity Program? I did know that. Did you know that Toba also provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee? International Cataloging Standards Committee, and International Thoroughbred Breeders Federation. The Thoroughbred Charities of America, or we call it the TCA, is the charitable arm of TOBA. And TOBA Media Properties, a subsidiary of TOBA, is the co-owner. Subsidiary. What'd I say? Subsidiary. Subsidiary of TOBA is the co-owner of Blood Horse. Toba is represented on the board of directors of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association as a founding member, as well as the board of directors of the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium as a founding member. That's Toba. You can tell which one of us went to college. I'm leaving that in. That's fine. (laughs) All right. Welcome back to the Owner's Box. Very special guest today, Steve Lehman, one of the owners of good night olive first row partners first of all my friend um how was that weekend just spectacular billy (laughs) just just cannot say enough good things i just just thrilled about the whole you know even from the start of her career you know we had our ups and downs but to have a two-time breeders cup champion is just just amazing 
Yeah, you know, um, Michelle and I like to say how easy this game is, and you're proving <laughs> it. Uh, it's really not that difficult, is it? No, Bill, you know, you've been doing this a long time. You know, actually, one of my favorite moments in the Breeders' Cup is at Lone Star Park and your guys in the, in the, in the stand yelling Singletary. I will <laughs> never forget that. That's one of my favorite, favorite moments of Breeders' Cup history. We didn't quite what get that right. What a coincidence. Got... That is Billy's favorite. Yeah, yeah ironic. I would imagine. Ironic. I would imagine. I would imagine. Hey, I would imagine. 20 years, Steve, next year. 20 years next year. It's been year. that long. Well, yeah, now. believe that? Well, I, Hard I, to believe it's been that long. My hair was a lot darker. <laughs> hey, you know, I was wait, lucky no, enough I to have that. I want to. I hate. I hate to jump ahead, but I have to ask: Did Chad give Goodnight Olive her aforementioned carrots? Because on my interviews <laughs> in the morning, he told me I couldn't give carrots. They only got them if they won. I, Michelle, I'm going to tattle on him. I don't think so. Oh, because God. I texted, oh, I texted with Chad. Goodness. Yeah, I did text with Chad uh, after on Sunday, and I said you're gonna make it down for the sale, and he said doubtful. And when I walked onto the sales grounds about four o'clock, I guess it's somewhere between four and five o'clock uh, East Coast time yesterday, there was Chad on the shank getting his pictures made. Oh, there <laughs> so, you go. Yeah. He, could, he couldn't pass up the opportunity. So if he gave her a carrot, I didn't see it, but it's it, but she got a lot of special treatment the, the past past couple of days for sure. I, I can only imagine, and I want to. We're going to talk about her, but I want to talk a little bit about you. This is I don't know if you've heard the show before, but um, it, it's just a chance for owners to tell their stories. And I'd, we'd love to know how you originally got into the game, how you started First Row Partners. Tell us a little bit about you know your entrance into the world of horse ownership. Oh gosh, Billy, I was. I live in North Carolina my whole life except for education and I um was back practicing in North Carolina and, and some guys invited me to go to the Preakness. And it was a group of forty guys and it was wow. nineteen eighty nine. I was twenty eight years old. Sunday silence. Yep. My first yep. horse race Billy was Sunday Silence and Easy Go. Oh my god, I just got the chill. <laughs> That's insane. <clears throat> yeah, just just hard to believe and it just Something just kind of clicked that day. And so this trip has continued. This trip goes back to the 50s. It's the third generation guys managing this trip now. And and I just just go I go every year. I've never missed. Now, my son goes with me. So it's into the next generation. You know, like I said, we're into some of the people, the third generation and their families go. But then in 89, I went, 90, I went. And it just kind of started getting more interesting and I read USA Today just about most every day, and I read an article about Cot Campbell and Dogwood Stable, and I said, you gosh, they're in Aiken, South Carolina. That can't be too far away. So about somewhere in the mid-'90s, I picked up the phone, and I called Cot, and just a prince of a fellow, and invited yep. us down. So Barbara and I went down, saw the farm. He didn't have any partnerships available right then, but just wanted to show us around and just had the nicest time. And so the next partnership group rolled around. We We took a share of a horse. And I did a few partnerships with with Cot Campbell, and it just kind of expanded from there. Um, the, the Godfather, that's what I call him. Yes, yeah, he was, and I mean, he he Billy's probably the most single per single individual who's brought more people into racing than than anyone. He was, yeah, he was honestly my my hero when I started partnerships back in uh, 1991. Ironically enough, um, yeah, Cot was the guy I looked up to, and. 
uh, met him several times and, and he was so gracious with his time, oh would give me advice. And, and he was just, just, just a gem of a human being. Absolutely. And, and his wife, Ann, the same way, you know, yep. they were just so gracious and made sure everything was right. If you came to the races and included you in everything that was possible. And so I feel like, I feel like in this business, it, I think you and you, Billy, you and Michelle know so well, it's a very steep learning curve. And, yep. and that was, that kind of got me started in the process of, of getting into racing more. And then I, um, as I got more into racing, my wife kept telling me, she said, I've got the cousin that's in the, I've always heard it's in the racing. And he was a periodontist in Atlanta. And so one time I picked, I just picked up the phone one night. I actually was looking at sales results and saw he bought a horse. And <laughs> so I, I picked up the phone and I called him and, um, you know, he's like a long lost brother now. You know, we talk every day and his name is John Eaton. That's and John and I just started doing some things together. He was already he was more into the breeding side. I was more into the racing side and we kinda merged our interests together and bought some horses and our trainer was Jimmy Pacou, um, who we miss dearly. He's been gone for probably about seven or eight years now. And that's kind of how we started going to Saratoga. Actually, the box we sit in for probably the last 20 years was Mr. Fred Hooper's box at Saratoga. Wow. wow. And is that the first row? That's the first or, row. That's the first row. That's amazing. That's the uh, first you know, row. I want to go back really quick because you said something, and then we're going to keep talking about first row and, and Olive, and I know Michelle has about 55 questions for you. <laughs> um, but you, you said something that when you saw and you were there with Sunday Sonata and, and you felt something. And I've always maintained that there's this undefinable gut feeling uh, where when horse racing reaches out and grabs you and gets the hooks into you. Can you describe it or or better than I just did? I think part of it, Billy, was just I knew I had seen something. I knew I had seen something special. It's just that feeling that that carried me through. You know, I just couldn't stop talking about it when I go home to my wife. And you know, there you I was go. Like, Gosh, this was just thrilling. I mean, I saw these two horses go down the stretch together, and I was always one to kind of like a, you know, you know, kind of like a wager anyway. Living in North Carolina, we didn't have many wagering opportunities, but I, I enjoy that aspect of it too. And as an owner, I feel like it's important to be a handicapper. I think I add value with Chad, and from that aspect, when we're talking about placing the horses, and he's always has an open ear to me. And I think that's important to know that aspect as well. But to grab that feeling, Billy, it just, I, I don't know. It just, I think it's, the, I think it's being, and you are a sports person too. You're a baseball player, if I remember correctly. I was and at Northwestern. I think you, not the real yeah, Billy yeah, Cox, not the real one, not the pitcher that, that actually made it to major leagues. <laughs> I was the switch hitting, uh, switch hitting, very thin first baseman at Northwestern. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, well, I played baseball up through high school and you just, I think that competitive nature of sports, you see a lot of sports guys in the horse racing business. And so I think when you've played sports, you have that competitive nature. And I think that that draws people into this business as well. So I think that was probably part of my uh, feeling is that, gosh, this is this is a sport I can still participate in. You know, even as an owner, I don't you play, Steve. Give us a little background. 
was, oh, I wasn't much player. I had great – as a doctor, I had great hands and bad feet. I was a first baseman. <laughs> okay. All right. We have a lot in common. Uh, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't run. I couldn't run. <laughs> yeah. We have we have a lot in common. Uh, Steve Lehman, Drug Partners, joining us. Michelle Yu, I know you're very excited, and, and I just want to get to you because I could talk to Steve all day. Steve is a good man. We see each other all the time. Go ahead, Michelle. I, yeah, I've been so patient waiting for the baseball stories to be done. I know. Uh, so Steve, <laughs> when you uh, went up to Saratoga and it was uh, you and your well, your long lost brother, we'll call it John. Um, yeah. At that point, you started to buy horses on your own. Were you claiming horses, or were you guys going to the sales? We and did. Yeah, we did. We did some claiming, and um, we purchased a few. John was already breeding a few, and uh, it was very, very small, Michelle, very small, and we just kind of you know played around with that some and we we did have um some a couple good horses you know little minor stakes winners uh we bought a horse from governor jones this is a funny story you guys will love this story go so so tvg was was in the fairly early beginnings and i'm at home in north carolina john at the time's living in atlanta and we're on the phone at CVG, and we're Turfway Park is on, and we're watching the races and talking at the same time. And and this horse makes this big bold move, and runs to the wire and wins. And John said, "That's the kind of horse we need to buy." So I start digging and looking up, you know, look up the research on the horse, and that, that was the horse's ninth start. Her name was Miss Wellspring. And I looked that horse up, and I said, I called John back. I said, "This horse is owned by Governor Jones. He may sell us that horse." Yep. So we start we started doing some a little right. more digging, and uh, Governor Jones' best friend was a guy named Jack Smith. Well, John had done business with Jack, so Jack talked to the governor, and he said, "Sure, we'll we'll sell that filly." And so John, I flipped a coin. I lost. I had to go to Louisville to look at her. She was with Greg <laughs> Foley, and we we bought the filly. Uh, got the deal done on on Monday. She won her non winners of one Sunday. She did something, Billy. I've never heard of another horse, and you—you you could, Michelle, look this up. All right. I've never seen another horse. She wanted every racetrack in Kentucky. Wow! Oh, that's cool. That's really she cool. Want, she wanted she wanted Churchill on the slop. She wanted Keenan on the turf. She won won a stake at Kentucky Downs. She won on Turfway Park on both surfaces, and she won at Ellis Park on the grass. That's that, that's very cool. How cool is that? That was pretty cool. Yeah. So you, yeah. if that, that started your private purchase uh, uh, train, so to speak, because you, you had yes. right yeah. out of the bat. But yeah. what's the uh, what uh, Michelle <laughs> stepping on you? What's the story with Olive? Tell us a little bit about. You know how, how she was acquired, and a lot of people. Yeah, sure, we can look it up, but talk a little bit about that whole thing. So we started First Row Partners about six years ago, and the first horse we we raised our money. Um, and actually, I was running two. And I how was many, running how two many separate, partners do you have? Including myself, there's six of us. <clears throat> there's there's three of us that they're majority owners, and we have three three minor partners. But listen, we treat them all the same. Everybody gets. Everybody gets, you know, gets to participate, and it, it's, you know, luckily I locked it into an LLC, so we officially can't change it. Uh, and then we take on additional partners if someone wants to, you know, partner with like in, like in Goodnight Olive, uh, Jay Hanley took a look. 
Sure. But, mm-hmm. So I was actually running two partnerships, very small. Uh, about seven years ago, the guy that sits next door to me at Saratoga leaned over to me and said, I want to own horses with you. And the guy's been in the business. His name's Martin Scheinman. Marty's been in the business for 40 years. He had done some things with uh, Black Swan, which was Barry Schwartz and uh, some other guys. And uh, Will Robbins, my other main partner, um, born in Kentucky, in Lexington, very in, who knows how many generations he goes back into Lexington, but he lives in San Francisco, and he just didn't get a lot of experience in the horses, and his brother-in-law set me up to meet with him, and we bought a horse together, so I'm managing these partnerships, and it just got to be too much, and so yep. Will, Will's, a, Will's a Harvard grad, so I went and got Will one day at Saratoga from his first row box, and brought him down to our my first row box, and Marty's there. So it's just the three of us, and I said, and I told Marty what I was going to do was try to merge these partnerships, and Will's so darn smart. As soon as I said about three words, Will said, I see where this is going. So <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, developed, we developed first row partners right there. I uh, took on three other guys that uh, Marty, Marty his, he calls his, his sweet mate, uh, Roger Kaplan sits next door to him. My, my original partner, John Eaton, stayed in for a piece, and uh, – we added a dear friend, another uh, uh, Saratoga attendee. For I think Frank Romeo has been Saratoga 59 years in a row. Oh, I think he started when he was 12. I think he started when he was 12. Wow. Um, well, Billy, if you ever get a this. box at Saratoga, I know where you want to request it. Show, show <laughs> knows, uh, Steve, that I am not a Saratoga guy. I had a miserable experience. Michelle <laughs> loves Saratoga. I'm a Del Mar person. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not going to hide. But it is what it is. All right, so we have our partners, and how we get good night all of it. Yeah, so we started. No, 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 that's okay. We we started. You know, actually the first actually the first horse that we bought in our in our first group, we bought four horses, was Royal Charlotte, and she just sold today. She just sold today. So we we run a three. Our first horse runs at three, and she wins four in a row. Yep. Um, We lead her into the. She's won. She wins wins the victory ride. It's a grade three. We lead over the test. She's five to two. She throws in a clunker. It happens. Uh, and then she came back and won the priors. So we're off to the races with our partnership. So we decided that we would continue this. And each year, we would try to buy yearlings or two-year-olds. So in our next uh, next crop, uh, I called it sophomore slump. We didn't have much. Mm-hmm. And then the, then the next year, we acquired Goodnight Olive. And uh, Liz called me. And I, I was not at the sale. She called me and said, I have a ghost sapper filly that I like a lot. And I said, oh, I'd love to have a ghost sapper. Chad would love to have a ghost sapper in the barn. I said, let's see if we can buy her. She said, she called me back a few minutes later and said, I have a little issue. She said, Jay Hanley called me, and he wants anything that's Stone Street bred, and he'd like to have this filly as well. Right. I said, I've known Jay at Chad's barn for 10 years. I'll call Jay. He took a leg. Uh, we were able to buy the Philly for 170,000, and uh, that's how we acquired her. Amazing! That what you know, a bargain. It's really funny. It's really funny, Michelle. I'm sorry. This crow I'm, is amazing. She's been very, she very good. She's been very, very good. Very, very good. Um, it, wow. But said the sophomore slump, and and again, going back to my joke earlier that this is such an easy game. <laughs> it is. It is. It is impossible. I mean, you guys had plenty of cash. You had a lot of experience. You had good people working for you. You had uh, Charlotte in your first, you know, crop of horses. Let's call it. But then sophomore year, you, you do nothing. And and I'm sure there were times where you're like, "What are we doing? Why am I doing this?" Right. Right. We were lucky, Billy, that in that first crop, I also 
purchased a with Hiddenbrook Farm. We purchased actually I was at the two year old sale at Ocala, and a, my friend Dan Hall from Hiddenbrook Farm came by me and he said he said uh, How are you doing? I said I'm done. I spent my capital and I'm done. <laughs> right. Uh, and he says, is there anything else you like? And I said, yeah, there's a filly over at Eddie Woods I like. She's by no name ever. I said, she has no pedigree. She's a beautiful animal. He said, let's go look at her. So we did. And uh, so he said, we'll take half of her. I said, let me get on the phone. So my partners were so kind. We stepped in and bought the filly now known as Nay Lady Nay. Sure. She won. She won a, we bought her for $210. Um, she ended up winning a grade two and a grade three and we had her in the night of the stars two years ago and she brought 1.7 million so um how do i join first row partners is an llc we are yeah we are red feather. little red feather first row partner sounds really good <laughs> so okay so, so when I'm you i want to i want to go back and good night olive just a little bit real quick so okay. I, I want you to tell me when she started to differentiate herself from your other good horses in your freshman year uh, yeah. that she was yeah. going to be a superstar. Yeah, that's a great question, Michelle. She is so funny. Chad, Chad, she had not been with Chad very long. She was broken by Paul Sharp. And Paul was, mm-hmm. you know, knowledgeable. But, you know, the guys on the farm are so valuable, but you really never know until the trainer takes them far enough. You know, these, right. the horses, you know, you you got you two are horsemen. You understand that you yep. really don't know till they go far enough. And Chad called me. The, she hadn't been with Chad about a month. And he called me and said, Steve, don't teach it. This feel, I'm going to tell you something. This filler reminds me of Garana. And Garana oh. won, a grade, won a grade one and I think her third start, he said. Yeah. But do me a favor. Don't tell your partners. <laughs> and I, I relive I relive that story today with the one person that I told it to, and that was Liz Crow. Oh, uh, I saw Liz fun. today, and I said we laughed about it. And I said, remember that story? She said, oh yeah, I remember that story. So Chad identified her very early as talented. Uh, yeah, just the way so cool. took you on an incredible ride. I mean, if last year at Keeneland wasn't enough, this year at Santa Anita is so yeah, dominant. Which, oh, which Breeders' Cup was better? Which one felt uh, more exciting? You know, Michelle, I I handicapped the races a lot, and last year it was all the partners were in town. Everybody was wanting to do the social aspect. Friday night before the races, we had guests in our house because we we have a townhome in Lexington. Our son was here, his new wife was here, and everybody's going out to dinner. And I looked at my wife and I said, Barbara, I'm going to stay home. She said, Will you? I said, I said, well, well, can we just the two of us have dinner, have something to eat here? And she said, sure. So she fixed an omelet for me. I sat at my little desk and handicapped the races. Unbelievable. And I handicapped them over and over and she called me I called her in the I called her into the office, little office, and I said, Yeah, Barbara, come here just a moment. She said, What? I said, Good night, I was gonna put on a show tomorrow. She said, <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't cool it. She, don't don't and she's not in tune with the races hardly at all. And I said, Yeah, I have watched her train all week. So it was pretty special last year 
for first cup partners to have their first Breeders' Cup, but to also have that feeling of how just knowing how confident I was with her going to the race. It was the most confidence I ever had going into a race. Wow. This year, I felt that same confidence, but I didn't get to see her train as much because she, you know, she trained in, you know, she trained in New York mm-hmm. until yeah. she went to California. And then I walked into Chad's office Tuesday morning before the Breeders' Cup at 6 a.m. And in classical Chad Brown fashion, he looks at me and goes, I don't like the post draw. I said, neither do I. <laughs> you know, it's not, hello, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> that was the flight. I don't like the post draw. Right. But we, we worked out a trip, you know, and again, you sure I would did? use these. Yeah, we, I had pace. For, Chad and I just had this plan laid out. Rad agreed to the plan. You know, when you open the gate, those things often fall apart, but it worked sure. out beautiful for her. No, she was a do- she was so dominating, and it it was. I think all of us tried to beat her just on paper. Oh when yeah, we watched her. It was just she looked so good. She was Gosh. she was truly amazing. And then I mean, it carries on. So and then we sell her last night. Wait 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 wait. Can oh. I say one thing? I know oh. Chad was confident in her because he rarely gives me pre race interviews like a walk and talk, and he did a walk and talk with me about her. Wow. I was like. Wow. Chad likes this Philly. I said, there's yeah. no shot he would have done that if he didn't like this Philly. Absolutely. Yeah. So you go to the sale. We're, I know. Why are we selling her? Well, no, no, no. Hold on. I have so many questions because. <laughs> I, I just, I'm on. a collector. And I, and I, I, love, like, and I, love, I love to tell the stories. I mean, uh, one of the greatest, Campbell's books are some of the greatest horse stories you ever read in your life. I just, I love, I love to, for people to hear what happens on the inside because I just think it's so much fun. Yeah, so so it, this was kind of, I felt like, and I'm on the outside, I felt this was the plan. Go to the Breeders' Cup, win the Breeders' Cup, go to the Night Start, seller. So my first sure. question is, is that, a, is that a group decision? Is that all along? She's done enough. Let's, let's, let's uh, get out while we can and make a profit. Because this game is, you, you want to be profitable. This, Gunnar is going to pay for your next, you know, bunch of syndicates. Sure, absolutely, exactly right. And we... We've been very fortunate to, you know, sell Royal Charlotte, sell May Lady Nay. And I remind Liz, and Liz is, I mean, her her ability of buying horses is phenomenal. But I always remind her, if she gets a little bit on the cocky side, I'll say, Liz, just remember, you're going to buy more bad horses than good horses. And she always looks at me and says, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it happens. But but the plan was, Billy, all along to, you know, we, we had to choose which sales company, Keeneland or the Night of the Stars, and Keeneland is wonderful, treated us like royalty last year. And you have friends at both places, and you've done this before, Billy. It's hard to choose Absolutely. You know, where you might want to sell a horse. And we have friends at Phasing, but we felt like she felt best, fit best at the Night of the Stars sale. So, listen, we, we had a lot of folks that were, were going to thought we were going to retire her last year and yeah. we're a racing partnership there was never there was never a discussion you know jay hanley and i oh. talked about it after people started talking about it. there was never a discussion last year to retire her yeah good but this year she's she's done enough you know she's five years old she's done enough uh i just felt like we just felt like it was closure to move move on and sell her the gentleman who bought her john stewart is mentioning racing her well that that's where i was going to go yeah i I, saw that there's an interview and he says he's going to race her and he says he's going to go back and my question for you is is there a bit of like oh i wanted her to be a mom she did everything for us i don't know if i want to watch her race anymore is that did you You have that feeling you know there's a maybe a touch of that when i heard that but at the same time uh, he was willing to put up six million dollars to buy her. His goal was to keep her in Kentucky. He, uh, you know, to keep her here. He didn't. His words were, "Too many of these 
wonderful mares, you know, go overseas. And, yep. you know, he's obviously very wealthy and got into the game. I think, as we talked about, it's a it's a tough learning curve in this game. So I hope he has good advisors to help him make good decisions. And we want the best for Goodnight Olive. But currently what I understand is that she's going to go follow the same pattern she followed last year, go back down to Payson Park and turn her out. And if uh, Chad, I really feel like Chad will be the one who will ultimately make the decision sure. whether she races this year or not, because, you know, she's, she's been, she's that ghost app or fragile. If she, I mean, over three years, she had 12 starts. Right. So right. kind of goes she to show two ankle surgeries. <laughs> yeah. Two she, ankle surgeries. She, she, and that yeah. makes it, that makes it tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But my, I guess, was there, are you allowed to tell us this? And you do not have to answer this question. I, I believe me. Was there a reserve last night? Was six million about what you were thinking? Was there a bidding war? <laughs> there was, there was a reserve. You have to reserve these animals just to protect your partners. Yeah. You have to put then also to help the auctioneers have a target to get going. The absolutely. coolest thing, Billy, last night though, was the, the auction ring. You know, there's always, chatter in the auction ring when she walked in the ring you could have heard a pin drop it was silent it was uh, so and then and then they were so respectful they waited for her to leave before the applause yes it was so cool and i'm sitting there and with my wife and son and daughter-in-law and we're sitting there and it's so quiet i leaned over to my wife and i said can you believe how quiet this has become and she's so so strong-minded such such a good mind and we said that they started playing the video of her races and boy, did I lose it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, and, and then the auction, Jesse that does the, does the announcing has such a beautiful voice and just told the stories about her. And it was like, he reminisced in about 30 seconds what happened in three years. And it wow. just, it just, it brought back so many memories. I mean, that's, that's where you get the passion for this game when you hear, you, you hear, Hear someone else talk about something you were involved in that meant so much to you. Steve, if you were gonna, if you were keeping her to breed her, who would you breed her to? <sighs> Michelle, that's a great question. Don't think I haven't thought about it. Um, you know, I was, you know, I talked to Ned Toffee at Spendthrift, and and probably if I had my choice, it probably would be into mischief. Wow. Okay. That'd be a nice baby. Uh, Hey, yeah, get hey, get me in on that. Get me in on that one if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I mean, he's he's getting up a few years, but he still leads. Now, what's he? Was it maybe now five years in a row he's led? Yeah, yeah I in think earnings? at least. Pretty amazing. At least. You know, and the hot young stallion is Justify, of course, but she doesn't cross well because Justify's out of a ghost trap in there. Oh, Interesting. look at! I mean, what a world! Of, listen. You're, you could tell during this interview, Michelle, we're, we're just talking, Steve. And that's what's, that's what's great about having people like you in this game that have been in this game a long time that are very, very knowledgeable on what's going on. My question is, how do we find that next generation that you were talking about with first row? How, or how do we bring new people into this game? Because it seems like there's this natural contraction that's going on. Obviously, racetracks are going away and there are no more racetracks being built. Um, you know, the, the full crop is declining, handle is declining. And Michelle and I try to do the show. We try to remain as positive as we can, but we need more owners. You're right. You're exactly right. I will tell you, when I come to Lexington, and I still live, you know, almost all the year in North Carolina, but when I come to Lexington and it's a beautiful day at Keeneland, you see that next generation. 
Yeah. And I see the next generation, I see the next generation working in the business. You know, the Liz Crows. I see those people, the the group that she has. She's got a group of people that work for her that are mostly 30 plus or minus. And I see that. I see the insiders, but to buy these horses becomes so difficult. And yep. it's, it's so pricey. I think syndication, you know, the bigger groups are going to help. Uh, yep. I think that helps popularity. Um, but it, it makes it difficult, Billy. I look at my son who's, who lived, his job brought him to Lexington randomly th- uh, seven years ago. And he grew up in the business with me and it's been the greatest bond we've ever done. I mean, he is my, he is in my hip pocket when we go somewhere in the race. That's He's awesome. not going to miss and he loves it. And the coolest thing ever was he, when Goodnight Olive ran her first race at Gulfstream, she drew the one post, of course, mm. and she got in a little trouble and ran second. And we brought her up to Keeneland to train to break her maiden. And he called me one day and he said, Dad, this is the one. I said, what do you mean she's the one? He said, he had heard a little bit of the hype. And he said, this is the one. I said, Tom, I said, we had day at the spa. I said, day at the spa is a champion. Yeah. I said, you can't, you can't say that. He goes, I'm telling you, Dad, this is the smartest horse I've ever been around in my life. And he rode some and worked on horse farms. He said, I've never seen a horse like this. So getting that energy, to answer that question, getting that energy into his generation, I just hope we can work out ways for them to afford to be in the business because the three of us know what the cost the cost is. That's what exactly. makes it so tough. Yeah. Exactly. Then before we let you go, and we've, we've taken way more of your time, Steve, but um, one thing that you've learned since you've been in the game that maybe is not so obvious that you would give some advice to to an owner or a prospective owner that's listening right now. Gosh, Billy, um, you know, the one thing that happened to me that I was so fortunate is um, to get to get to know Chad. You know, that was uh, and when he went out on his own, I was the second phone call he made. He had eight horses when he started, and I had two of the eight. Wow. And Liz Crow, and so when Liz Crow left uh, Bradley Thoroughbreds, she called me. She called me and said, "I want you and Barbara to come to dinner with me." And I didn't know what we just thought we were going to dinner with with Liz and her husband Kevin. Yeah. And she said, "You're the second person I've taken out to dinner." She said, "I'm making a career change." So. That leads into the advice that I would give. It's just surround yourself with good people, people that you want to work with, uh, people that you trust. As we know in this business, it's like any business. There's. It took me as a a, in the medical field to find out that in ten years, the first ten years, there's some folks you just don't want to do business with. Right. So do business with people you enjoy doing business with, and surround yourself with good people. That's the best piece of advice I could give. That is unbelievable advice. And I, I'm going to take it a step further because so many people, I'm sure you've been approached a gazillion times and it's okay to say no, you know, and I'm not that interested. I have my people, you know, I think a lot of people are get, get a little uh, pushed into things that they don't necessarily want to do. And I think it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? Let's just not let, I'm going to go my, I'm going to keep with what I have going and what's working. Right. You're exactly right. It's, you know, when you get down to it, Billy, this this thoroughbred group that that you and Michelle and I belong in, it's a pretty close knit company group when you think about it. You know, you go to the cell, you see the same hellos, 
you know, you see the same folks. I mean, there's divisions across the country. I mean, I know Michelle's out west and you're out west. and I, But when you come in for the sales, you see the same faces most of the time. So it's a close knit group. So you want to you want to keep you want to keep cordial with these people as much as you can. But at the same time, you just can't you can't participate in everything. That's right. That's right. Great advice. Uh, I, I, I really, uh, when good people win, like you guys, it, it makes me feel good. And I think I think I speak for Michelle when I just say, congratulations, man. What a ride with Goodnight Olive. The sale's amazing. Hopefully she comes back and has a, or at the very least becomes a, a, an amazing mama. And we look forward to that. And we look forward to seeing what's next for, uh, first row partners. Uh, Steve Lehman, thank you so much for coming on and spending the time with us today. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Michelle. It's a pleasure. Very much. It's always fun to talk about horses, especially when we've been blessed with the success we've been blessed with. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Keep, keep Thank up you, the Steve. Work. You were such a gem. We'll see you soon. All right. All right. Thanks so much for the call. Bye now. Got it. That's Steve. Thank Lane. you. Uh, first row partners, Michelle. Uh, what a fantastic guest. He's so great. I've known Steve for a while. Um, I've he, never met him before. Oh, he's just, he's, he's exactly like he is on that, on that interview. He is a, he's very genuine, uh, you know, remembers you, uh, willing to sit and talk to you if you want. Uh, he's, a, he's a, just a, just a really good guy and, and a good ambassador for our sport. So, um, thank you, Steve, again. Michelle, uh, we have a very, uh, fun meet coming up, uh, this weekend. Starting. Yeah. So, uh, Del Mar is opening up and we will be out there for their, whatever, four weeks of racing for the Bing Crosby meet. Yep. Are you doing your, any of your normal stuff? Yeah. So I am actually, Millie and I are again going to guest host, um, the second week of Del Mar. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So that's like, I think the, the 15th, 16th, 17th, if I'm not mistaken. What about breakfast, donuts, whatever you, you do? No, daybreak, I'm not doing daybreak. It is not feasible for me to drive down every weekend and drive back with the kids. You have said before, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Del Mar Fall or Del Mar Bing Crosby meet is one of your favorite meets. Is that? Absolutely, yes. No, I still love the fall meet. It gets done early. It's it's kind of a neat crowd out there. It's not yep. a it's a racetracky crowd. Yep, and the service is good. The weather is phenomenal. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy the fall meet at Del Mar. It is, it is for sure one of my favorites. Well, that kicks off Friday, goes through, uh, the first weekend of December. We have that great weekend of racing. Well, every weekend's a great racing weekend at Del Mar, but we have the, uh, turf festival, turf which festival. is also really fun. Um, and, and it should have some really good horses down there. So, uh, thank you very much for getting Steve Lehman. Thank you, Steve, one more time. Uh, we are part of the In the Money Media Network. Uh, Michelle is at the Michelle U on Twitter. Our show handle is at own a horse. I am at BKLRF. If you have any questions about horse racing or horse racing ownership, you can email me Billy at littleredfeather.com. Michelle, let's try to do this again uh, next week and I will sound much better. You actually do not sound bad at all, considering your horse ran fourth in the Breeders' Cup. You don't sound anywhere near what I thought you'd sound no, like. No, but I got, I got sick. Like I had to go to, I, well, I had to go to urgent care today. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to you next week. See you later. Bye.